I'm your host, Joe Goda, and this is the Let's Break Good podcast, where we never settle for good enough. On today's episode, the story of how one nonprofit responded to the coronavirus pandemic shutting down their operations. How did a team with limited money and time react to the prospect of changing what they did overnight? Buckle your seatbelts and get ready for takeoff. Let's dig into it. Let's get started. Pennsylvania, on a small, picturesque airport strip, you will find a nonprofit organization called Angel Flight East. As you drive up to their offices, you'll notice a bunch of small engine planes and you'll hear them preparing for takeoff. Inside the offices, it's much quieter, and that's where you'll meet the team, including their executive director, Ellen Williams. Here's Ellen describing what the organization does. Yes, Angel Flight East is a nonprofit dedicated to providing free air transportation for people who need medical treatment far from home. And we're able to do it through a network of private pilots who use their own aircraft and assume all the expenses for any of these flights that we do. So it, it truly is a labor of love for the volunteer pilots as well as the staff. Angel Flight East has been pursuing its mission since 1992. They've coordinated hundreds of benefit flights each year that, as mentioned by Ellen, are powered by volunteer pilots who contribute not only their time, but their planes too. Pilots like Ed Lockstercamp. Uh, What's it like flying? Uh, Pure freedom. I mean, simplest terms, that's what it is. Everything becomes much closer. All those distant places and friends and family you wouldn't normally see or go to to go see or visit are, are much easier to get to. It's a lot quicker, and therefore you do it more often. So my career, if you want to call it a career, has taken me from basically student to instructor um, and from Florida Everglades in the south to Presque Isle in the northeast of Maine, uh, just across from the Canadian border to the plains of the Midwest to the deserts of the south across the Rockies four times in a small plane, uh, to the great Northwest, to Alaska and Canada. Angel Flight East has over 400 volunteer pilots like Ed in their network that have flown missions to provide transportation to cancer patients, burn victims, and others needing medical treatment. One big challenge Ellen and her team often faces is getting people to believe that their service is really free for the patients. Ellen told me that more often than not, a phone call is not enough to prove they're not some sort of scam. People want to meet up in person and make sure it's the real deal. Here's Ellen again, describing such a circumstance. Answering that this must be too good to be true is uh, brings up one of my favorite stories. So I was, uh, I had met somebody from the, the Masons organization, the Prince Hall Masons. And the woman with whom I was speaking said, I want you to look me in the eye and tell me that this is free. And so I said, sure. So we had been on the phone. We arranged to meet at an Olive Garden in suburban Philadelphia. And I sat across the table from her and I said, this absolutely is free. 
There is no limit to the number of flights anybody can, uh, can request. And there will never, ever be a charge for that service. In its 25-year history, nothing has ever grounded Angel Flight East services for an extended period of time. That is, until the coronavirus pandemic. So here we are in the middle of March, and the news is getting worse and worse. And we knew that we had to make a decision based on just really everything that was in the news and what was coming out from the CDC and from other other um, health ex- experts. So the executive committee met and decided that we would have to suspend the flights uh, immediately. I, I couldn't have ever imagined that I would be in a position like that, that you have this purpose, the purpose is very clear, and then all of a sudden it is, it's it's gone for, for an undetermined amount of time. For Ellen, it was not an easy choice, but she knew it was the right one. Everyone agreed. Madeline Maddie Beck, the flight coordinator at Angel Flight East, is usually busy arranging flights between patients and pilots. But when everything had to be canceled, she had the unenviable responsibility to contact patients and tell them their transportation to treatment was being postponed. So having to call the passengers to let them know that we have to cancel their upcoming flights was just so disheartening to me. Um, First, having to call passengers who have called me to tell me, hey, I am in remission. I only have to go once a month now or whatever the case may be, or that it's my cancer spread and I have to go more often or whatever their situation is. We celebrate their highs and kind of mourn their lows all together. So having to give them the call was really sad because it's trying, you have to tell a friend at that point that you can't help them. Without knowing if they could transport patients safely, Angel Flight East and their volunteer pilots had to stay grounded. There was nothing they could do about that. Next, Maddie had to call the pilots to tell them that their upcoming missions were being canceled. I just didn't want to have to give those give that call. Um, but the call was made. Everybody was so understanding. They agreed with me that it was the right choice for the time being just to stay safe as um, long as we could until we kind of understood what we were facing. Um, but it was a pretty sad day, I'm not going to lie. When Ed, the Angel Flight East volunteer pilot, got the news, he was disheartened. His feelings turned to frustration as he learned about another group that was struggling to do their job healthcare workers who were lacking personal protective equipment, or PPE. Ed had supported missions in Iraq and Afghanistan, and he was shocked by the situation. I just couldn't believe the scenario that was playing out early on in COVID-19. You know, our frontline medical forces didn't have adequate PPE, and all the stops were not being pulled out to help protect them so they could do their mission. You gotta be shitting me, to use an old Air Force wild weasel term. Ed needed just a little spark to move from anger to action. While watching the news, he heard about a company that was transitioning their operations from its normal products to PPE. Then I heard about a company in Indiana called Mersix, had refocused and was making face shields and somehow flew a bunch of them somewhere, but it was a one-time good deed. But I can immediately see how to connect the dots that apparently either weren't obvious or they weren't aware of the capability and the capacity in the will of volunteer pilots. 
Ed realized that with his plane and his flight experience, he could transport PPE to healthcare professionals in need, but he couldn't connect those dots alone. He needed some assistance. It just so happened, at the exact same time, over at Angel Flight East, the wheels were turning in the same direction. Here's Maddie, the flight coordinator again. So we canceled all the flights, I believe on a Wednesday. And that Friday, we gather around our conference table and just kind of put our heads together and just were trying to think of what we could do in this time to still be of help, which is when we kind of came up with the idea of, oh, we should look into PPE. We'll talk about this Monday. But even before Monday, Ed had reached out to Maddie about the possibility of transporting PPE, and they immediately got to work on mobilizing the idea into action. But who would they deliver items to? Angel Flight East had never done this before. They had no customer list in front of them. So another team member, Outreach Director Jess Ames, got to sending out emails to groups that might need PPE. Donnie Miller in Toledo, Ohio, was on the receiving end of one of those outreach messages. So my name is Donnie Miller, and I am the CEO, the Chief Executive Officer of the Neighborhood Health Association. And we are located in Toledo, Ohio. We provide health care to those folks who are the most vulnerable in our community. Those are who have somehow excluded themselves from the community of healthcare services. We provide health care to absolutely anybody who wants it, regardless of their ability to pay. At the start of the pandemic, Donnie had seen what was playing out in New York and New Jersey, but it hadn't really hit Ohio or Toledo yet. But a few weeks later, that would change. Donnie explained that like an avalanche, the pandemic was suddenly in her community. And by that point, PPE prices had surged and certain supplies were getting hard to find. And so the challenge was to figure out how to keep those patients safe, figure out how to keep our staff safe, find PPE, which was which all of a sudden became an impossible task. You know, I'm a, I'm a pretty rational, pragmatic person. So um, I immediately go to, okay, how do we fix this issue? But in my heart, I have to tell you, I was terrified. The thought that we might have to close entirely because we could not get the equipment to keep our staff safe was just overwhelming sadness. It was this feeling of how did our system fail this way. To help groups like Neighborhood Health would mean totally changing operations at Angel Flight East from patients to PPE. Everyone on the team would need to do things they had never done before. So the changeover from patients to PPE, um, probably the hardest part was my math skills, having to figure out weights and balances. And if this box weighs this much and this plane can hold this much, how much can I fit in there? Which I didn't think would be as hard as it was until I actually had to do it. There was also the need to find the supplies that frontline groups needed. The bigger challenge was identifying those uh suppliers of personal protective equipment. Where where were they and how could we connect with them? So there was a lot of effort into researching uh, different organizations and some of those were Project Shields, Philly Fighting COVID, Kiki Vodka that was changing their manufacturing from vodka to hand sanitizer. 
there was even still the challenge of getting groups to believe this free delivery service was real. Here's Donnie Miller again on her reaction when she first got contacted by Angel Flight East about PPE donation delivery. The first time I heard about Angel Flight East, frankly, was through um, an email, just a blind email. And that was it. Amazing. I thought it wasn't true. I thought because we'd been getting lots of emails from companies that would offer us PPE at three or four times the market price. And um, I thought, oh, I can't, this can't be true. You know, we're getting this call saying, just let us know what you want and we'll fly it out to you. But I contacted her. I sent her an email back. We were pretty desperate at the time. And I sent her an email and I said, okay, this is what I need. And, you know, please be sincere about this. Angel Flight East team was on a mission and nothing was going to stop them. They had PPE, a pilot, and a plane to fly the supplies, and plenty of groups like Neighborhood Health ready to receive it. In short order, the first mission was organized. Ed would fly to Indiana to pick up supplies and deliver it to a health center in Boston that desperately needed face shields. But there was one last problem. Maddie had done the math, and Ed's plane was too small to carry the entire shipment. However, it just so happened Ed had been on the phone just a few days earlier with another pilot named Todd Harris, whose plane was getting its annual maintenance. But perhaps it could be ready to fly soon. Ed rang him up to see if he could join. I was on the phone calling Todd Harris. When he answered, I asked him when his plane was due out of annual, because that was the, or at least one of the first keys and first hurdles. He said it just came out. I go, great, what perfect timing. How would you like to use your plane and the two of us to take some PPE from Indiana to the frontline workers in Boston? He was all in, without hesitation. With Maddie's logistics assist and Ed's quick outreach, the mission was finally on. So we show up there, uh, taxi over, shut the engine down, and you know, there's a state trooper there, and then there's people from his office. They got a, a truck and van there to unload all of our stuff, and they were just extremely appreciative. And they said, this stuff's not going into the shelf. And they said, um, we have none. This is going straight to the front line. The team had pulled it off. But now, could they do it again? The list of groups asking for PPE was growing rapidly. There were offers of more PPE donations, but Ellen and Maddie knew that without a lot of one particular ingredient, the whole thing would not scale up. Well, we had no idea how, how our volunteer pilot network, network would respond to this idea of flying PPE supplies. Um, everybody was, everybody had been notified that we were not flying passengers at that point. So it was a complete unknown. Having completed his first mission, Ed was trying to get back to the Angel Flight offices, ASAP, to see about arranging his next mission. However, he was having some mechanical issues on the way back. So Todd and I flew the inaugural mission on a Sunday. And we got back actually late on Monday uh, because we had an equipment problem flying back in the air. Uh, so we had to uh, divert to another airport on the way back. When he finally arrived back from the flight, he hustled into the Angel Flight East offices and got a hold of Maddie and Jess to get going on his next assignment. 
he was in for a big surprise. But anyway, come Monday morning, the next day, Maddie, Jess, and the whole Angel Flight East crew already had their whole board full of PPE missions, you know, the schedule board. You know, I just looked at it when I got home and it's like, where'd these missions come from? And it was filled, 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 filled. There was not an available flight on the whole doggone board. Literally, in a day, overnight, it all happened. The call for volunteer pilots to fly PPE missions was met with an overwhelming response. We have over 460 pilots who are just biting at the bit. I tell people all the time, it is probably easier for me to get my hands on Clorox than it would be for some of these pilots to get a flight because everybody just wants it. They all are dying to help and make a difference. That's just the kind of guys who I am so lucky to have as my volunteer pilots. Angel Flight East had pivoted from a patient benefit transportation service to a major deliverer of PPE in just a few days. Eventually, Ed did get his plane back in working order so he could fly more missions, including one memorable delivery to Donnie Miller and the Neighborhood Health Center in Toledo. So this tiny plane lands on the, we, we see it coming into the airport and Honestly, you would have thought it was the presidential airplane. We were all so excited and um, we were just just thrilled that, and I think he flew in from the East Coast and I'm not exactly where, sure where from the East Coast, but it was a, it was a couple of hours worth of flight time for him. And um, he, he's coming in and, and he gets off this plane and he's so cool. It sort of reminded me of that you know, Barack Obama stroll, you know, he was just really sort of cool and laid back and in charge. And like, I do this every day kind of thing. And we took our things and bid him Godspeed and off he went. And it was like, you know, we do this all the time. We're getting you guys what you need. It's not that big a deal. Have a great day. It was amazing. It was a major big deal for us. The determination of the Angel Flight East team Eagerness of the volunteer pilots and responsiveness of health centers across the country led to an awe-inspiring impact. During the pandemic, Angel Flight East coordinated hundreds of flights that delivered tons of PPE, all carried by a fleet of volunteer pilots. What was the team's biggest takeaway from the experience? I had assumed it would be about the challenges they faced, how distressing the situation was, or maybe the sense of relief that they could stay in business when so many others were shutting down. However, each person I asked this question to responded in the same way. They talked about what can happen when people put aside their differences and start working together. But it's amazing just how well people will come together and how much and how fast something can be accomplished if there's just a unity of effort. Nobody wanted praise, but everybody wanted to be uh, a contributor. Probably the main thing that I learned is that hard times make people come together so much faster and stronger than you would have ever expected. I really hope that everybody recognizes that it's okay to ask for help. Um, asking for help for one thing may lead to just so much more. If Ed hadn't asked for help, we would not have been where we are now, I don't think. I always felt that it just made us stronger. It made us all stronger. And at the end of the day, we're helping more people. And none of us does everything the best. We all bring strengths to the table. And so this just 
reinforce my belief in the power of collaboration. You just never know where, where those collaborations will lead. Well, I know it sounds really corny because people are always saying, you know, thank you for identifying and, and praising, you know, frontline responders, but we actually can't say it enough. If you could try to imagine what it would have been like without the people at Neighborhood Health or without the nurses and the doctors at the hospitals or the, the grocery store folks or the, the folks who collect the trash, I mean, the people who actually make our lives work, imagine what this would have been without those folks. It's so important that people know um, what a little bit of kindness from another person will do, the value of a little bit of kindness from another person. There's more work to be done in response to the pandemic, and that will probably be true for some time. Coronavirus is calling on all of us to make change. Change is hard, and our first notion is often to resist or brush aside behaviors that disrupt our daily routines. But now is the time to think like Angel Flight East and get into the problem-solving mindset. Once we take on the attitude that change is necessary, and we prepare ourselves mentally to take on the challenges that come with it, the fear, worry, and anxiety melts away. Because others will rally with you to focus on accomplishing what may have seemed impossible. Today, Angel Flight East is back to scheduling benefit flights for patients with new precautions, but they also continue to support groups by delivering PPE with the help of their volunteer pilot network, which is now bigger than before the pandemic started. Ellen shared that the whole experience reminded her that Angel Flight East has a part to play in disasters. The team had delivered supplies during past hurricanes and earthquakes. The pandemic was now added to their list of events to mobilize on. Last I spoke to Donnie, her team was experiencing a drop in COVID-19 cases, but she knew they would have to remain vigilant and be ready for what she expects as another wave before the end of the year. The coronavirus pandemic is the disaster of our generation, and we have to come together around a common goal of getting each other through it. That means be thoughtful when it comes to social distancing and wear a mask appropriately when you're out in public places. And if you need a mask, I'm sure Ed will be happy to fly over a whole box just for you. That's our episode. I want to thank everyone who made it possible. Our producer was H. Cape Cloat and editor Simon Green. A huge thanks to the Angel Flight East team who gave their time to help tell this story. They are truly an inspirational group. You can learn more about what they do, request a flight, or even make a donation by going to www. .angelflighteast.org Gratitude to Donnie Miller of the Neighborhood Health Association in Toledo, Ohio. Healthcare workers are being confronted with an unprecedented challenge and they are rising to the occasion. Special shout out to Ed Lockstercamp who totally gave off awesome Indiana Jones vibes during our interview. Lastly, we say it all the time, but still not enough. Thank you to those health workers all around the country that continue to serve. And thank you to the teachers, grocery workers, and everyone else we now realize that are absolutely essential to our society. We will be back soon with our season two finale, which will be one of our tales of doing good gone bad. That makes it a great time to catch up on our past episodes you may not have heard yet, like our fan favorites, The Planet Saving Laptop, Can a Million Likes Change the World, and Facebook's 
free internet fail. Now, if you've made it this far, before departing the aircraft, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Until next time, I'm Joe Agoda, and this has been the Let's Break Good Podcast.